When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Criminality, the podcast where we break down reality TV scandals, scams, crimes, the people who commit them. Hi, Melissa. Oh, hi, Rebecca. Loving that. Loving that. Really went rogue, really did a deep dive into what we're doing here. Um, In fact, it came up because I was telling my sister-in-law more about the podcast. I guess she doesn't listen. And um, I was telling her- keeping a list of those people. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It's, It's- it's a short list, let's be real. Um, but I was saying what I'm going to cover in this episode. And she's like, so where's the crime? And I was like, oh, oh. And then I'm like, oh, it's a like a legal scandal. Like, right. That's that's right. under our umbrella of crime. She's like, got it, got it, got it. Um, but anyway, how are you? You look very well. I've been worried. Are you feeling better? Yes. Thank you so much. We've had sickness in our house for literally two weeks. It literally is somebody would get better the next person. It was just like a baton handing it off and then the next person was fevered. So I still have a cough, but I feel a million times better. You um, look fantastic. I, I mean. I, no, you do. You look fresh as a daisy. Oh, you're very sweet. Well, thank you very much. You look so nice. And we've already gone over outfits. Rebecca's wearing a, an adorable dress with pockets, of course, because that's what we do here. If it doesn't have pockets, I'm not interested. Absolutely. I mean, it's. It's kind of a prerequisite for a dress now, but um, I'm in a very dress place. I feel so comfortable in them, yeah. and um, there's so many like casual styles right now. Yes, I'm enjoying them, but I'm so glad you're better. And that was Thank more you. than just like that was like a pox on your home. I was like, what is going on? I know, Are you guys. Okay, I know. And then all that really came of it, like we're all fine now. My son now is wearing socks and shoes to bed, so like I don't know if a fever got to him a little too much or <laughs> what? what happened. We're done with Rick Astley, and now like 24 7 he wears shoes and socks so I don't know if that's a sickness related thing or just a quirk it's a quirk I know it's a quirk but like a nice soft crock are we talking like a lace-up no we're talking a a lace-up shoe and the funny thing (laughs) is he never wears socks like in his life he's never worn socks I could never get him to and now he's like where are my socks I'm like oh I, I don't even own any socks for you because you don't wear them. So he's wearing my socks around, like knee-high socks. It's just another I day. can't wait to hear like how this ends up for how long. I'm yeah. sure this won't be forever. No. Um, but it's fun to hear we'll right write now. it out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love it. Good. Well, I don't know. It's September. I'm having Ooh. that like, yeah, that kind of fresh start September feeling. And just, I don't know. I love this time of year. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm feeling good, but nothing major to report. How about you? Yeah, no, nothing really exciting, which is fine. I've watched a ton of TV. Oh. I mean, an 
Yeah, it was an upsetting amount whenever I was like, what am I going to mention at the end of the show? And then it was like, well, I can mention something I love or I hate or the other thing that I watched or what was that? Tell us everything at the end because... Oh my gosh, it's I, too much. I watched a lot to relate to today's episode. Right. But I love what I ended up watching that I'm going to report. So I'm curious if it's one of the many things you watched. Um, I have a feeling it might be one of one of mine. I have a feeling too. We're getting to where now we can like maybe it's be on like the same periods, wavelength. But... <laughs> Yes. Our yes. show recommendations are syncing up. <laughs> Our show cycles are the same. That's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of like the next level parallel of a pregnancy, but I, no, I don't, I I don't want good. to. Like if we give birth to a show. It's oh, weird. gosh. No, like if we created one, it's fine. We'll stop. <laughs> I hope it has your eyes. I'm blushing. <laughs> um, yeah, then our husbands will get concerned. There you um, go. If they're not already Let's start the podcast, shall we? I'm excited. <laughs> okay. So, all right, buckle up, because this is an interesting one. And um, you know what it is, because you kindly, generously sent me a link to a fascinating New York Times article. And you didn't say a lot, but I knew what you were saying when you sent it, and it was maybe an episode idea. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you were right. This one really caught my eye. And the cool part is it takes a lot of it takes place in New York City and a lot of it takes place in Florida. So I feel like we're both very Ooh. well represented geographically, but we go other places too. So here we go. All right. On the evening of November 26th, 2009, it was actually Thanksgiving night. Rachel, you could tell for anybody watching on YouTube, geez, with this virtual, can you see her? Um, I can. Yes. She goes in and out. Okay. Yeah. Then I go in and out. It's magic. It's all, <laughs> I'm going to just stick with the story. Uh, Rachel, you could tell, recognized the number on her phone. And so she answered it casually. She said, hey, babe. I don't know how you answer when you see your husband, significant other on the other line. Mostly it's like, what? <laughs> Some, what do you need? I just sent you to the grocery store. <laughs> I, I was thinking the same. I'm like, I usually do answer. It's more just like, hey. I mean, yeah. if we're in like a really good place and I have margin of time, I'm like, hey, babe. But usually yeah. it's like, hi. Yeah. What? Hey. Uh, so she answers. Hey, babe, she said. And it, she was assuming it was the man she was in a relationship with on the other line. So she was shocked to hear a woman's voice on the mm. other line who said, I knew it was you. I know. Can you like the stomach drop? Just oof. Yikes. The other voice was Elon Nordegren, and the man she thought was going to be on the phone was Elon's husband, golf legend Tiger Woods. Now you might remember what comes next because it was in the press. Elon and Tiger got into a massive fight in their Florida home, actually right outside of Orlando in a yeah. private golf community called Isleworth. Does that yes, mean anything to you? It means money to me. It means <laughs> yes. I don't even want to drive near there uh, so you in don't. case that I push my poor on them or something. Yeah, I read that it was one of the most exclusive, expensive private golf communities in the country. And yeah. the pictures look, I'm stunning. It looks like you're like you're on vacation in another island. It, it's amazing. Um, so this happens in their home in that neighborhood. They're fighting. Tiger storms out of the house, jumps into his Escalade and tears out. And not far from his home, he hits a fire hydrant. Elin catches up to him because he didn't get far at all. And she's got in hand one of his golf clubs, which is very on brand. And she actually has to smash the windows to get him out. He was trapped in there. 
He went to the hospital, he suffered minor injuries, and was given a $3,200 citation for reckless driving. But my story today is not about Elon Nordegren. It's only peripherally about Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods. Very. <laughs> um, but it is all about Rachel Yucatel. So, Melissa, do you know her name, her face, and if so, how? Okay, I know her name, her face from uh, this time. Whenever this happened, it was a huge deal because Tiger Woods is the, you know, the best thing in, in sports and he's everyone's hero and all that. And then all of a sudden these deep, dark secrets come up. I think he even dated somebody from like a uh, flavor of love or something. Like whenever things start coming out, they start coming out in just rapid succession and yep. it doesn't make sense. So that's whenever you finally hear Rachel, you see her face and and that's, that's really my whole knowledge of her and uh, what was going on. Yeah, you're pretty much nailing the narrative most people know about her, unfortunately, is this was a very brief relationship with Tiger, but it has lasted. You know, we're still talking about it. It's 2021. Right. Um, you also might know her from an appearance on Celebrity Rehab, where she appeared in 2011. But we're going to bookmark that for just a moment and go more into Rachel's story. So if you can imagine... Tragically, as awful as that phone call with Elon was, like, I know your visceral reaction to it was just, ugh. Yeah. It was actually not the worst phone call Rachel had ever received. And just a content warning for what I'm about to say uh, does have to do with the tragic, horrific events of 9-11, which coincidentally are right around the time this yeah. episode will air, just completely randomly. Um, so I just want to make that known um, that we just briefly going to mention that that event. On September 11th, 2001, Rachel got a call from her then fiance, James Andrew O'Grady, who went by Andy. He was working on the 104th floor at 2 World Trade Tower in Manhattan, and he called her just as the plane hit the building. She was just 26 years old and, oh. as you can imagine, was completely devastated over this loss. And I don't know if you remember, but her face was one of the iconic yes. moments and scenes from 9-11 of people down at the towers looking for their lost loved ones. So she right. was part of the attempted recovery to find him. She was on the cover of the New York Post, and there's mm -hmm. a picture of her holding her fiancé's picture. And it is just kind of a visceral representation of that time for the people who were, who were searching for a loved one. Yeah. Sadly, Andy's body was never recovered, but he was listed and confirmed as one of the people who died. Um, now, she says the sadness she felt about this turned to anger eventually, which is one of the main issues she ends up discussing on the season four of Celebrity Rehab, which we absolutely are going to get to. But let's just learn a little bit more about Rachel before these two relationships, which really kind of define a lot about her. She was actually born in a state I don't think has come up yet on criminality. It's actually, do you want to guess? It's a very like interesting state that doesn't come up generally. <laughs> I'm going South Dakota. I don't oh, think of anything. Oh, such a good guess. In South Dakota. Yeah, no, that has not come up either. And actually, there's 50 states. I'm sure there's like a good four <laughs> we haven't covered. But it's Alaska. Oh, interesting. Which just seems so random. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so she grew up in Anchorage, Alaska. Her parents made a small fortune in the news cable industry. I don't really know how, there's not a lot about it, but it's her grandfather who immigrated from Russia that I think is super interesting and I think really 
influenced her career path. So Maurice Yucatel came to America in 1911. He was fleeing the Russian Revolution because why wouldn't you want to? <laughs> fleeing what I remember seems to be about what you it, would it was, do. Yeah. was not great. Yeah. Great. So he came with his mom, two brothers and sister. And sadly, the mom and the sister died very early on from their arrival in New York. So Morris and his two brothers had to fend for themselves, survive. Maurice was known to deliver groceries at age seven to Manhattan residents. Yeah. So so young. Obviously, there's like no laws about that then. Um, But I do love that New Yorkers, even at the turn of the century, like hated grocery shopping as much as they do now. For, it for makes sure. me feel so much better about having my groceries delivered. Like, oh, we've just always hated that. I couldn't get my eight-year-old to bring my groceries inside the house. I can't imagine him Putting them away? Absolutely. Going around, yeah, going around town. Our kids are, are maybe not all better for these child protection <laughs> laws. But eventually, in his teens, he would go work in the garment industry, and he achieved a lot of success. By the time he was... 30, he was really wealthy and he was responsible for popularizing the shoulder pads. Oh, whoa. He, he didn't invent them, but he started adding them to men's and women's suits and jackets and became known as the shoulder pad king because I mean, every city needs a shoulder pad king. I guess. <laughs> I know. It reminds me of a mattress king, a burger oh, yeah, king, like, but like we know king, them. Like, Yes. Like if you get that stamp of like royalty around the thing you do, I think you're you're doing well. Yeah. Like Countess uh, Luann. Exactly. It's all about the monarchy. (laughs) If you can get into that, you should. So he's very wealthy by age 30. He invests in a restaurant and several popular nightclubs in New York, Miami Beach and Las Vegas. And that will be, I think, what we end up see Rachel really succeeding in in that industry. So he hobnobs with celebrities of the day, but reports all say he was incredibly kind, well-liked, and generous. Despite having a massive fortune, he never really became elite like the people he sort of was around. Right. I mean, he was the shoulder pad king. There's (laughs) Eliteness is probably not the thing you're best known for. It'll keep you humble. I mean, it's like you're a king of shoulder pads. So it's just, it's a nice balance. (laughs) There you go. Okay, so back to Rachel. Sadly, her parents divorce, and we don't hear a lot about why, but she is sent to a boarding school, and Melissa, not just any boarding school, one that, do you have a guess? Is this the Paris Hilton boarding school? Yes. Whoa. Sea-Doo. Sea-Doo is this school that has since been closed down, thankfully. It was a, you know, it was a troubled teen program. It was these places with this tough love approach that were popular in the 70s, 80s, and into the 90s that were completely problematic. There were locations in Utah, California. She was at the one in Utah. And yes, the very same one that Paris Hilton attended. Mm. And that if you have not seen This Is Paris documentary, she goes into detail about the abuse there. I didn't read any reports about why specifically she was sent there, but you really didn't go. Your par- parents didn't send their kids there as like a, for a normal education. It was usually if there was a pattern of behavior right. that was problematic or drugs. She would have been there around the year 1990. So I think she's a little bit older than Paris Hilton. I don't know if they overlap there, but just a fascinating yeah. connection. There's an article in the New Hampshire Union Leader that's quoting Rachel talking about her time at CDU, and she says, quote, they made me dig a grave with a spoon and then lay in it, end quote. So the practices of this school were so bizarre, and they were meant to kind of scare kids right. into behaving better. 
I'll also link in the show notes to a great podcast called The Lost Kids, which is all about Sidhu and a student who went missing. Kids Ooh. tried to run away from there all the time. So eventually it was shut down. Rachel then went on to college at the University of New Hampshire, hence that local New Hampshire newspaper, I think. She got her degree in psychology and moved to New York City right after graduating, where she worked as a news producer for Bloomberg News. Now, I'm mentioning this because everything else you're going to hear about Rachel and probably what you already know about her, it's kind of salacious and a little bit dubious, really, if, if, you know, it's people judge her actions. But my point is that she is not dumb. Whether, you know, you agree with her life choices or not. This is an intelligent woman who was educated and, you know, gainfully employed in the news industry in New York City at a very young age. I always thought she was like a socialite. That's how it was kind of presented more in a socialite setting and not. I had no idea she had a background in news. That's fascinating. I agree. And that will you'll understand why in her next career move. So after the devastating loss of her fiance, Andy, she dates and marries a childhood friend, which kind of makes sense to me. I mean, I didn't read a ton about it. There's not a lot because the marriage only lasted four months, but I could see kind of the comfort of somebody, you know, and it would be so scary to like put yourself out there again. But that, as I said, only lasted four months. So then her friend, sometimes boyfriend, Jason Strauss, invited her to work for him. Now, Jason was and still is the founder and managing partner of the Tao Hospitality Group, which owns the hottest restaurants and clubs all over the world, including Marquee, Tao, Avenue, Lavo, Dream, many other places I've never yeah. been. I don't know about you. Oh, yeah. No, I'm come just up there all the time. All the time. Uh, <laughs> last night. Sorry, I was late this morning. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <now>. I know. <laughs> Big night at Lavo. Um So he really felt like she'd be great at being a VIP concierge, Mm. which kind of sounds like a host. Right. But the role was actually much bigger than that. And I saw a lot of reporting. She's like a nightclub host. And that's no disrespect to hostesses in restaurants or clubs. It just doesn't do justice to her role. So according to Ron Berkowitz, who was the president of Burke Communications, the PR team who represented Tao, he said of Rachel, quote, to me, the word hostess does not describe what she did. She was the liaison between the club and big money. People trusted her and people called her to get into these clubs. She was the queen. She was the best. She had the Rolodex. She knew how to negotiate. She was also very sweet. But then she got caught up in something that was not good for her business. So Rachel was in charge of keeping the VIP celebrities and clients at these clubs happy. This could mean getting them bottle service, getting their friends and handlers in. And it often also meant procuring women for some of these male guests. Now, not in a paid illegal way, but in a, these women were very happy to just be on the arm of these guys to party. And, you know, whatever happens after that wasn't really part of the deal formally. Well, I mean, Matt Damon's girlfriend, or no, his wife, they've been married for like 20 years. He met her at like a bar in uh, Miami or something. She was his waitress. Like you do what you got to do. And if you look like these women... The things I would have done with my life, Rebecca, if I looked like Matt Damon's wife. I mean, you you would not be speaking to me right now. I I was just going to say this is so sad to hear because I would not be having this conversation with you, but I'd be happy for you, unbeknownst yeah. to me. Somehow. No, I would be terrible. There's a reason I'm not hot. I would be the worst to give me limitations. And Absolutely. my nose is one of we them. We have to stay humble. Yes. <laughs> Um, you know what? I don't think you get your searing, dry sense of humor 
when you're the right person. And I would take the sense of humor over the looks. Me too. Me too. So um, that's why we're podcasting. (laughs) (laughs) And not uh, bottle girls or whatever they're called. So um, also Eric Girardi comes to mind, like cocktail waitress. Yeah. Waitress at that steak place with Tom. Like this is obviously not the, this is not a secret. This is like a thing that happens all the time. Right. So everything I read says she was great at her job, super hardworking, and she fit in with this VIP crowd. That was the other thing. Right. Like, unlike us, she was not a misfit. She wasn't like, she just rolled with these people like it was no big deal. She was friends with celebrities. So she would meet one client and it quickly went from professional to personal. And that person would be Tiger Woods. Tiger was at a club in New York I've never heard of, shocker, called The Griffin. I don't think I need to go into who Tiger Woods is. You mentioned it earlier. If anybody Wait. is interested. <laughs> Tiger who what? could he? Yeah, Tiger who? Not that other Tiger. <laughs> yeah, I need to change my background. Oh. This is what my representation of uh, your clue about golf is. Happy Gilmore. Chubbs. Oh, Adam my Sandler. gosh. Yeah, Such I, a better golf viewing was, experience. <laughs> yeah. This is a very delayed reaction. I was like, where can I put this in? And then we're talking I about love it. 9-11. I was like, oh, gosh, I've already missed my chance. Not now, not now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was perfect. And, you know, for anyone interested in Tiger, the HBO doc I watched called Tiger right. is fantastic. A lot of golf, oh, a little too much golf for me. Mm-hmm. Not surprising, though. It is about his life, the rise, fall, and return of Tiger Woods. There's a little slant. But yeah, he was at the height of his career in 2009. He was considered one of the best athletes in the world. His net worth at the time, $500 million. I'm sorry, over $500 million. That part is important. Uh, you know, you can't get a house less in Isles Worth unless it's over. Over yeah, 500. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're at the Griffin and Rachel sees him alone in a corner sipping a drink. And she's like, how in the world, in what universe is Tiger Woods alone? That's like her job to make sure that doesn't happen. So she goes over, makes sure he's okay, asks if he needs anything. And Tiger meets her. And instead of using her services to have a better night in one of the normal ways she might help somebody, he asks her for her number. So Rachel says she gives it to him. Doesn't think he'll really call. Right. He leaves shortly after giving it to her and a text follows minutes after his departure. She admits that she knew he was married. She knew he had a family and responsibilities. But she also answered the text. And the text was inviting her to come down to Orlando, where he lives, see him. And she decides to do that. And after their first night together, their first meeting, really outside of that one moment, they sleep together. And this is a quote that's going to make you uncomfy. She says, after that interaction... How am I ever going to be with a mere mortal again? <laughs> I'm just kidding. But honestly, Sorry. <laughs> she has a point. What do you do after that? It's a very generous statement. After all he's put her through, I'm like, wow, that's that's what you're going to put out. Yeah. I mean, but I feel like ma- that's the vibes he put out, like that he's, you know, he's up here. We're down here. Never going to be his okay. bio girl. Yeah, I just, this whole, it brings up larger themes, which let's get to later. So, so they fall into a relationship of sorts. It's hidden, but it's more than just sex. She says that he was able to be himself with her and that 
so much of the world demanded so much of him. And the way she described it was that he was like a little kid. Like they would have their tryst and then these like deep, intimate, emotional conversations about what he really wanted, what he was really afraid of, how he didn't feel listened to. And then she said he would become like a child because if you think about it, he really didn't have a childhood. Right. If you look at the documentary, this kid was literally a phenom at age two in golf and was practicing from the time he was a toddler. He would eat cereal and watch cartoons. Oh, no, 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 no. Okay. Give me a mere mortal. I will take all the mortals. This is freaking me out. This is, see, I had the advantage of knowing that with the mere mortal comment. Like, exactly. Like, please do not break the fantasy and eat cereal and watch cartoons. Oh, this is so upsetting. So she says to him, you never check in with your wife when we're together. Why is that? And he said, she's not like you. She doesn't ask me questions. She doesn't seem to want to know me. So Rachel feels she's feeling this need for him to be cared for and to be wanted. And Tiger tells her, you have to learn how to compartmentalize your feelings like I do. And that was kind of the status of their relationship because she expressed that it was getting harder to like love and leave. Basically, right. they've flown around here and there to have these meetups and then they really couldn't talk or be together in a normal setting. So they carry on like this for months her being flown in to meet him at different places, all arranged by his huge team of handlers in complete secrecy, or so they thought. Unbeknownst to Tiger or Rachel, the National Enquirer was following Tiger because mm. there was a different affair scandal that had happened a couple of years ago that they couldn't publish. They couldn't run with the story because the pictures they had of him were blurry and like the car, they were sure yeah. it was his, but they couldn't prove it. And legally, they actually have some standards that they huh, adhere to, apparently. <laughs> shocking but the team but the inquirer knew they had him because they actually worked out a deal with tiger's team to squash the story so it was a known that it was an affair uh also she was a waitress from um perkins restaurant wait oh i know about this this has come up at some point because whenever all of this starts coming out you're like no way no way there was like a new one every day so it's Fall of 2009 and the Australian Masters is happening. And if you don't know what that is, Melissa, neither did I. But it's a huge international golf tournament that Tiger's won many times before and is expected to win again. And he tells Rachel, you have to be there. I cannot win without you. Now, like, say what you will about Tiger or Rachel at this point. I think a lot of people would feel pretty amazing to hear that from the world's best athlete, right? Like, so she goes, of course. And so does the National Enquirer. Tiger's team had booked her room on a different floor, but as soon as Rachel arrived, she wanted to go directly to Tiger's suite. So she takes the elevator to the top floor. In that elevator was also a reporter from the National Enquirer. (gasps) The reporter watches Rachel exit the elevator and walks right into Tiger's room, and that was the smoking gun they need. Also, this surveillance, this CT footage, this elevator footage is available to watch. And it's actually got like true crime doc vibes because it's, you know, grainy footage and you're just like, oh my God, that's actually really scary. Yeah. That you can be followed by a reporter. Right, right. In your private life. It's it's a little unsettling. Um, But they were like, we know that this is real. Right. And I just want to say here, like, I hate that the National Enquirer can do that. And I hate that Rachel was also doing what she was doing and that Tiger was doing what he was doing. Like, I hate you can hate all of those things. Yeah, it's not mutually exclusive. You can hate all of the the circumstances. They can all be bad in their own um, in their own way. And I can also share it with you on this podcast and feel that's my favorite part. Right. Okay. good. Just so we're all on the same page. So the National Enquirer calls Rachel and they say, we know what is happening. We know you're at Tiger's and we're breaking the story. 
So she and Tiger and Tiger's team go into full denial mode. They threaten, they plead, they deny, but it's clear that they were going to run the story with or without their consent. Right. So what happens next is interesting. So remember when the beginning of the story, Rachel picks up the phone and it's Elin on the other line? Right. That was actually not the first time they've spoken on the phone. So what happens next is crazy. Tiger's team is like, you got to tell your wife the story is happening and convince her that it's not true. So Tiger, Rachel, and Elin have a conversation on the phone saying the story's going to come out. It's BS. I Here's why I'm in Australia. I'm part of this, you know, team. Right. Like, it's all professional. We do not have a relationship. We are not sleeping together. You don't need to worry. Now, it's reported that Elin was very skeptical of yeah. tabloids because she's she's from Scandinavia. She thinks American. She It's like she's like, this is nonsense. She's so above it. And she knows they lie and she knows they do duplicitous things to get stories. Right. And so she was like, OK, so she took them at face value. So that is actually the first time Elin Rachel spoke. A three-way conversation that is, oh, my nightmare, first her, of all. But. Right? So she's home in Florida, like you would be. And, you know, yeah, yeah husband, in Islesworth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's a little balm to the wounded soul. Um, so she's on this conversation with her husband and this woman in another country, and she's home with two young children. Like, it, it's a terrible situation to be in. Yeah. But she believes them. So the National Enquirer runs the story. And the weird thing is nobody really pays attention. There's not a picture of Tiger on it. There's a picture of Rachel. And I don't know. It kind of just isn't the biggest news story. And so Rachel and Tiger are basically like, whew, dodged a bullet. And on Thanksgiving Day, they were texting back and forth about how grateful they are that this kind of flew under the radar and that they could kind of carry on like they were and no one will be the wiser and no one's hurt. That's when I really get annoyed because like this, this is like so hurtful what they're doing. Right. So Thanksgiving Day, Tiger also texts Rachel and says, you are the only one I ever loved. He also says you were, which I find past tense to be interesting. Yeah. Then he says he's going to take some Ambien and go to bed. Um, Tiger has trouble sleeping, by the way. Takes well, Ambien to sleep. Living this kind of life, I'm sure you do have um, a little bit of trouble sleeping. High stress. Yeah. So... Hours later, the phone rings with Elin on the other line. So that's just closing the loop on that earlier story. Right. This is what had just preceded the Australian Masters, then Thanksgiving, then the blow up between Elin and Tiger and the accident. Now, once that accident happened, people started remembering that article that had come out just right. days before and going, oh, 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 is this connected? So there's 40 to 50 members of the paparazzi outside of Rachel's apartment in Manhattan. And she's basically saying, I regret that he was married. I regret the mistakes I made. But people came at me and wanted to blame me for a man cheating on his wife like I'm the only one responsible. Now, this is what she's saying now. Right. She she was terrified to talk then. And I do think that's a really valid point. Right. Um, She got dragged through the mud. Now, so did Tiger. But Tiger had the benefit of celebrity and being a world-class athlete. He had ways to redeem himself Mm -hmm. that were not afforded to Rachel. So Rachel is desperately trying to get in touch with Tiger and Tiger's team. And she is getting completely shut out, like cannot get in touch. And she doesn't know what to do. And then, as you mentioned earlier, Melissa, woman after woman start popping up out of the woodwork saying, yeah, I'm in a relationship with Tiger. And these all seem to be very similar relationships. Yeah. Like the one Rachel had. They weren't just one night stands. They were 
texting a lot, visiting. Yeah. I do think Rachel's had more, I don't know, actually I'm speculating, but it doesn't matter. Rachel feels like the biggest idiot. So she decides I'm going to make a statement to the media. If they're not going to talk to me, I need to get ahead of this and let people hear my side of the story. So she retains a high profile Hollywood attorney, Gloria Allred, who she knew of from watching Nancy Grace. Yes. Cannot resist a true crime connection. And uh, they call a press conference. Gloria's like, my client, Rachel Yucatel, will be speaking to the media about her alleged affair with Tiger Woods. And within minutes, guess who calls her? Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods and Tiger Woods team. So I think this made them say, let's yeah. uh, not let's kill let's the happy. press conference. So this is the first time they're talking since this accident. Tiger tells Rachel, my lawyers are going to be calling you with a confidentiality statement. Get as much as you can. Whoa. Yeah. So Rachel in this documentary on HBO says to me, that was the only way he could show love to me was to let me go and say, ask for the moon. Like, right. He's got 500 plus million dollars. So she decides she wants 10 million. The press conference gets canceled for unforeseen circumstances. All of a sudden it's like that we're not doing. So she's given this NDA agreement. Uh, Melissa, what do you know? This was the big clue. One of the big clues for the story. And it's going to be really the next big piece of this. What do you know about NDA agreements? I don't know a lot. I just know once you have signed one, you are um, screwed. You can't say anything. And that's about it. Yeah. So the average NDA is a few pages, maybe five. A long one is 10. How many pages do you think the one Team Tiger gave Rachel? It's not astronomical. No, it, I know. I guessed 102. It's 30, which really Whoa, is like a lot still, of pages. Yeah. Right. And you have to think this isn't a business NDA, like protecting all this proprietary information. This was like, don't talk about having sex with Tiger Woods in 30 right, right. pages. Like they said it in 30 pages worth yeah. of ways. This NDA forbade Rachel from, quote, this is the essence of it. If you could distill 30 pages down, it was directly or indirectly, verbally or otherwise, discussing the golfer's lifestyle, proclivities, customs, private conduct, fitness, habits, sexual matters, family matters, among other topics, with anyone, including, but not limited to, family members, relatives, acquaintances, friends, associates, coworkers, or journalists. Really covered everything, I think. But she's allowed to talk about cereal, so that's a plus. Well, spoiler alert, Rachel breaks the NDA, finally. So she also couldn't share that she signed one. That's the most annoying thing to me whenever they are, you know, I can either confirm nor deny that I've ever signed an NDA. Well, we know the answer. Exactly. Exactly. So she can't say she did this. So she basically just has to take her money, which, you know, not the worst deal in the world. Yeah. Gloria and Tiger's team would work around the clock of getting this document literally through the night to get it to where both parties could sign, Rachel's given the NDA at 3 a.m. to sign it, and it guaranteed Rachel $8 million, $5 million at signing, and $1 million a year for the next three years mm. if she stood by the NDA. So it sounds pretty good. Yeah. But she did not end up with $8 million. According to the New York Times, here is why. Quote, for one, there were taxes and Ms. Allred's fees. How much do you think Ms. Allred's fees would be, Melissa, for five days of work? I'm going to go 500000 I'm going to tell you close a million, (laughs) a million dollars. So this netted Ms. Yucatel, 
again, quoting from the New York Times, about two million of the original five. And then when it came to the first additional one million dollar payment, Mr. Woods's team did not follow through. Rachel also signed a retainer from her lawyers that granted them 10 to 20 percent of any media appearance they helped her negotiate. Now, that's just like, wow, lawyers, lawyers going to lawyer. Like, (laughs) geez, um, as if they didn't make enough in five days. Rachel interpreted this to mean, oh, I can do interviews as long as I'm very careful not to mention Tiger. Right. If they're procuring me these deals, surely I'm allowed to talk or appear. So she did get offers and she took some. OK Magazine offered her $250,000 for an interview, which she didn't have to mention Tiger, and she accepted it. Problem was the title of the article was Tiger Woods's Rachel Yucatel. Literally like a possessive item, which is disgusting and wrong and annoying. Our show has been around for more than three years now, which is really something to celebrate. But when I think back over all of our episodes, one that really sticks in my mind, of course, is the one about the bling ring. There were literally teenagers breaking into the homes of celebrities and stealing thousands, if not millions of dollars worth of items. There is just something so scary about someone being in your home without your knowledge, even beyond just having your things taken. And that's why when it comes to home security, I only trust my home to Simply Safe. Simply Safe isn't just some old fly-by-night security system. It was actually named the best home security systems 2024 by the US News and World Report. On top of that, Newsweek named it best customer service and home security, which is really huge because if my house or the people that are in it are in jeopardy, I want to know that I'm speaking with people who are there to help me. We've had Simply Safe in my house for several years now, and Rebecca got her system last year, and there's a lot of comfort in knowing that I have indoor and outdoor cameras all around the house. And if you aren't sure whether it's something you'd actually use, you should definitely give it a try. There are no contracts and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Simply Safe has given me and many of our listeners real peace of mind. We want you to have it too. Get 20% off any new Simply Safe system when you sign up for Fast Protect monitoring. Just visit simplysafe.com/criminality. That's simplysafe.com/criminality. There's no safe like Simply Safe. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mm -hmm. What flavor are you holding? Now open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. Then Playboy offered her $250,000, and she was about to accept, but she found out she would have to pose naked, of course, on a tiger. So she said Come no. on. I mean, good Just, on Playboy. That was a smart way I mean, to gotta, try and do gotta, that. You got to ask. Got to give it to Hef, but no. Oh, that's so gross. I'm, I'm grateful that she had the wherewithal to say no to that. Yeah. Then Donald Trump pops up and invites her to be on Celebrity Apprentice, which I kind of feel would have been a great come back for her. She's yeah. entrepreneurial. Um, I think she could have taken that opportunity and made it into something. And she was about to accept, but along came Dr. Drew of Celebrity Rehab, who was about to embark on season four. He approached her and said, I think you're suffering from love addiction and you can come on and we can work on your issues with relationships and men and you don't have to say anything about Tiger. Right. And that was very appealing to her. 
And it was also appealing to her that he offered her $500,000. Sure, sure, sure. Which is double what anyone prior had made on the show. So let's pause here. I know this came up last episode with Sean Stewart. Celebrity rehab. Melissa, I just want to like take another minute because I think we scratched the surface of like what we like and don't like about it. Right. I think I have more opinions about it now. What are your current thoughts on the celebrity rehab? Um, so I definitely watched her season because I oh, was good. fascinated by this story. And it was irritating as a viewer because she can't say anything. So you're right. like, I don't actually care what you have. You know what I mean? If yeah. You take you- away, which sounds terrible, and that's on me. But at the time, I thought, well, I don't really care what she has to say because there's no connection She's she's no one I know now. If you take that part out of it, there's this. Where's the celebrity in the whole thing? So exactly. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of. I felt like it was kind of a. They were just happy to have her name on there, and so it it never. It didn't make sense to me even that she was on there. The whole love addiction thing. I was like, eh, I think she. I agree. Was with a married man, and that's kind of where you're getting that from. And her other, fiance died. That's all I could figure. Right. Well, I should mention also something that I didn't earlier. When she was at Sea-Doo, her headmaster gave her news that her father passed away of a cocaine overdose. Oh, wow. So now you've got, you know, losing a father at a very pivotal age. Yeah. Losing a fiance also at a pivotal time in life, very horrifically and tragically. And then, you know, a string of failed marriages and yeah. a very public affair. So Okay. Yeah, I, I get it. <laughs> I No, I, I left that out. So you didn't know that. But, um... I think they did doctor and manipulate the love addiction just to have a way to have her on. Right. I think she does have some like man issues. Like, and I don't right. mean to be like, you know. Don't we all? Yes. Like, <laughs> I don't mean to be coy about it or even like make it so generic or um, cliche. It's like, I, I really do think she has some like relationship issues. Yeah, yeah. Um, But yes, I get what you're saying. It's like, it was like the elephant in the room nobody could talk about. Right. And that creates a really weird dynamic on reality TV when there's something everybody knows and nobody can say. Yep. So the episodes with her kind of do, they're just weird because you feel like it's all behind the veil and we don't get to see it. Right. So on that season, interesting season, right? The other yeah. people were Janice Dickinson, Jason Davis, Frankie Lons, um, who is uh, the singer. Uh, is it Keisha Cole? Yeah, yeah. I think that's her name. And she was on a reality show on BET called Frankie and Neff or Neffy. I'm not sure. Um, Leif Garrett, Eric Roberts, who is best known to be Julia yeah. Roberts' brother and the father of Emma Roberts, the actress. And Jason Whaler, of course, from Laguna Beach for yeah. alcohol abuse. So it was an interesting cast of characters. Most were there with serious substance abuse issues. Yes. And Rachel herself was even like, it feels ridiculous that I'm here for like love addiction. Now, yeah. she also was popping pills and using alcohol to self-medicate. And so that was covered, but I don't think nearly, she was not in the throes of addiction the way, right, right. on a substance, the way other members were. Yeah. Um, but the things that I think Dr. Drew was right about were Rachel mistakes intensity for intimacy. And I thought that was a very interesting um, point, right? Yeah. Interesting analysis. And she thinks that because her dad died, her fiance died, she has like abandonment issues. Like how yeah. could you not, like the most important men in your life, disappear abruptly without notice, tragically, uh, and with a lack of, of closure. Right. 
So Dr. Drew thinks this is why she has a hard time, you know, valuing herself properly in a relationship. As I mentioned, this paid her half a million dollars. So obviously that was worth it to her, but it ended up costing her more because <laughs> Tiger's team was furious about her appearance and claimed it violated her, I almost said DNA, her NDA. And now you watched it. I watched it. I didn't hear her mention Tiger ever. Nothing. Or and even allude to an affair. No, not at all. And they, um, you know, even I think editing other people talking about her don't mention it. So I, I thought that's kind of where I was bored with her because I was like, if you're not telling me that, I don't really. Tell me about the cartoons her. and the series. Yeah. I'm out of here. That we'd have to wait till 2021 on HBO. So, um, so yeah, they claim that just her appearance on it using the story of being with Tiger Woods was what got her on that. And that was a violation. And because his team was so robust and so aggressive and powerful, even her lawyer, Gloria, who was no uh, slouch said, they're going to win. We have to return the money. (gasps) So what happened between then and now with the NDA was this, not only Rachel having to give back a lot of the money, which, spoiler, like she spent a lot. She got an apartment. You know, right. she did different things. They also sued her for damages and she had fees. She had to pay on top of it for repayment. So now she's in debt to right. Tiger Woods. At some point, Tiger Woods steps in and says, I'll personally pay the $600,000 she owed on something that was very hard to understand. And instead of it kind of being like, well, that was generous, it felt Rachel felt like it was kind of an indignity, like he yeah. got he took the hit for her when she's literally just like her life is falling apart financially, yeah. romantically, everything's backfiring on her. Everything she does that she thinks will be a new start, a new perception of who she is doesn't pan out. And meanwhile, you know, Tiger did go through a losing streak. Right. He was very humiliated within the golf industry. People said, you know, they really tore him down. And I don't want to diminish that. However, like I said earlier, he also made a comeback and Rachel just never got to because she didn't have the same vehicle with which to do it. Right. Rachel has some very current business endeavors, but before we get to those, I just want to say that she did try to have a more low profile type of work. Right. In 2011, like a year after Celebrity Rehab, she met and married former Penn State footballer. I was in Penn State this weekend. Nice. Um, Matt Hahn, they get married and she gives birth to her daughter, Wyatt Lily in 2012. She gets divorced a year later. And I think probably from settlement money, she is located in New York city still all these years. She opens up a children's boutique on the upper West side and she names it after her daughter, Wyatt Lily. And it's doing, love that name by the way. No, but I just love the name. So cute. I love it too. I love the like gender neutralness of Wyatt and then the super feminine Lily together. Super cute. So the store name is Wyatt Lily. And it does well. And she opens a second in Scarsdale, which is a very affluent suburb in Westchester County. She opens that one up in 2015. And the stores are receiving editorial accolades and are popular. But then the moms, Upper West Side moms, do we have any listening? I want to know. They're a tough bunch. Um, they're even like parodied a lot on like different things. On they're just 30 like, Rock. I can think yes. of one specifically. Do you know which scene I'm talking about with I Tina think- Fey asking questions and then being like, why are you getting your son a bike if you don't have a helmet? Or I don't know. It's like this whole chat thing. And I, I laugh so hard watching it. Upper West Side Moms, just like Upper East Side Moms, there there's a type and there's a stereotype and it's based somewhat on truth and fact, right? So I have friends on the Upper West Side. This is really no disrespect. But um, 
they started hearing who Rachel Yucatel was and they were like, well, we're not buying our, right. you know, juicy couture kids sweatsuits from her anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so she ends up closing both stores, um, oh, one in 2017 and one in 2019, sadly in debt to both landlords. So she didn't even like net a profit from either, which again, New York City brick and mortar, not terribly surprising. So at this point, she's like, I'm still in debt to Tiger's team. I have nothing left to lose. HBO approached her. They said, we're making this documentary on Tiger's fall and return. Do you want to tell your story? They didn't offer to pay her, but they said, you can control the narrative. And I think that was a great move for her to say yes to. Well, actually, I don't know if it was a great move to. I appreciate that she valued telling her own story over a payment. Right. So she does it. She films it in 2019. It just came out uh, early this year. And immediately after filming, she files for something that comes up here a lot, bankruptcy, which will protect her from creditors, including everybody on Team Tiger coming after her for money. Because she's just like, I've now officially broken the NDA. Because she didn't feel she did before, but she's like, well, if they think I did, then I might as well. And that's where I learn all the cartoon and serial stories and the text messages. That's where I learned all that. So Tiger's lawyer, the main one, he is just gunning for her. And he is quoted as, as saying when he finds out she filed for bankruptcy, quote, if you get a job, I'll come after your wages. If you get married, I'll go after your joint account. I will come after you for the rest of your life. Oh, my gosh. And I'm like, what does this man not have better to do? Like, I yeah. even think Tiger's moved on. Like, everyone's trying to move on. And they're just obsessed with ruining this woman's life. And it really, really pisses me off. Yeah. Now, before I tell you what Rachel did next, I would like to read a quote from Rachel from Us Weekly. Okay. I would love some opportunity because I haven't been able to get a real, normal, sustainable job for the last 10 years, she said. She was denied jobs at MSNBC and Bloomberg, saying, quote, I would love to go to the newsroom again. I would love to do something normal, but they flat out told me I'm too scandalous. So I think a question possibly rising up in your mind and listeners and certainly in mine and doing my research was like, you have skills, like go get a job using them. And people right. were saying no, like they didn't want to touch her with a 10 foot pole. She was not good for business. Right. So what happens next shouldn't surprise us. Um, her next job was a big disaster. And Melissa, do you want to know what the worst part of it is? Yeah. There's a new NDA in town. No. Yeah, she gets wrapped up in another opportunity tied to an NDA, and it's it's literally imploding as we speak. So in March of this year, Rachel was approached by a dating service, if you're watching on YouTube, here's some air quotes, called Seeking Arrangements. Have you heard of Seeking Arrangements? Yes, it is an arrangement and not a date. It's It's not plenty of fish. Yeah, it's uh, they're rebranded recently to just seeking. Period. Instead of <laughs> what was with the arrangements? They're like absolutely. Well, I think not. the arrangement sounded too transactional. It yeah. So <laughs> it's it's essentially a sugar daddy, sugar mama situation, and both parties sign up for this dating app like any other. But the difference is, you set up an arrangement. I want um, an allowance. I want these items. I want to travel this much, and then you find someone who's willing to do it. Um, I don't don't know. So it's supposed to be for like super upper echelon people um, on the sugar daddy mama side. Also, they're very inclusive in saying it's like men and women in the sugar position, but it's mostly older men. (laughs) I enjoy a good sugar position. It's mostly men and it's mostly younger women who are 
in these arrangements, yeah. but there is some there are some outliers. So they hire Rachel to rebrand seeking arrangements, to take away the taboo, to destigmatize this what they call modern way for women to feel, quote, taken care of and loved. Um, also should be noticed that they asked her because she was an avid user of the site, had been on it since November of the previous year and had a couple of arranged relationships through it. It should also be noted because I think it's fair if I wanted to like be a reporter about this, they were married men, um, but she didn't know they were married at the time. The men were lying. So just sucks. I don't know what else. Rachel. Yeah, I didn't look in much more into seeking arrangements. I was honestly afraid to Google search it too much. Oh my gosh, like, I know, I know. If anybody, including my husband, found it, you know, I'd have some spoiling to do. <laughs> and I can only say it's for the podcast research so many times. So um, I just took the article's word for it. So they hire Rachel to be an ambassador to destigmatize this brand. She was given a six-month contract for 20K a month. And all she had to do was, you know, be on Instagram lives and be on interviews. And if you Google Rachel, you could tell podcast seeking arrangements. She was on everywhere talking mm. about how great it is. And I'm sorry, she's a very good communicator, but it is not convincing. I mean, it's really hard to, to it's a hard sell. It is. So after three months of doing this, the company terminates her contract. Now, it actually has nothing to do with her. They do this because there's a huge scandal. Melissa, you're in Florida. Have you heard of this Florida Congressman Matt Getz? Oh, Gates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Excuse me, Gates. Mm -hmm. Thank you. See, we've got our Florida, Florida verification. Yes. Mm -hmm. So he used the site to procure women and paid them to have sex. Allegedly. He's denying Allegedly, it. yes. Um, side note, he is under federal investigation by the Department of Justice for sleeping with minors and trafficking them across with Joel Greenberg, who was our tax guy in my County. Small world here. Very close to reality. Yes. Yeah. Isleworth, New York city. Um, so, so that's the scandal. So she's mad because she's like, that has nothing to do with me. You can't fire me. And they're like, we have to go in a different direction because this was really bad for the company. So I really don't think it had to do with Rachel. They just were like, we got to switch gears and we can't really emphasize the arrangement part anymore. This is the whole now we're just yeah. seeking. <laughs> so they let her go. And what does Rachel do? It's sort of like, what's that phrase about when you're in the water for so long? No. Like, eventually you'll do. Oh, if you're in the barbershop long enough, you're going to get a haircut. Is that oh, a OK. Oh, well, it yeah. is now. I like it. <laughs> yeah. If you hang out in a barbershop long enough, you're going to get a haircut. Is that real? I don't know. She sues them, right? Because I feel like this is just all she knows and she's desperate and feels pinned up against a wall. So she sues them for damages and breach of contract. They respond by saying they'll cancel the termination if Yucatel agrees to sign a more stringent contract and non-disclosure agreement. But if she didn't, she wouldn't get the money she claims she is owed. This is according to the lawsuit and it's very confusing to me. Yeah. Because apparently she signed a boilerplate NDA to come on with them because I'm sure they don't want like all the secrets of the business sure. revealed. So she signed that. So they're like, we hear you. This is what I surmise from reading everything I could about this. She was sort of lifting the veil a little on their practices, including the fact that they paid some young women of age women, but young in their twenties to make videos for the company that said, I'm not being exploited. Like I'm really happy in my arrangement. She told people about that and they were like, no, we're just doing those. We're not telling people we're doing those. Like we're making that look like that was just, you know, spontaneous. Right. So I think they were like, 
okay, we'll pay you back, but you can say nothing about us ever again. And you don't even have to finish the contract. So from what I can tell is they are still actively fighting. That is not settled as of right now. Right. I don't think this is the last we've heard of Rachel Yucatel. This lawsuit's going to play out. I don't know if they will return the three months she's owed. I don't know what will happen to Seeking. I don't know who we might see Rachel with in the future. She is a a tough protagonist to root for, but I I do. I think I think the story brings up a lot of interesting themes. Right. And one of them is that, you know, if you watch Tiger, you will walk away going, "Wow, things worked out for Tiger. Like he has an amicable divorce now. They're both co-parenting. He has a girlfriend. Elon is happy in her separate life." He's worth $800 million now. His net worth has not suffered at wow. all. And, you know, Rachel, you could tell not so much. Yeah. You could say, I was talking to my husband about this, and he's like, she didn't have to sign the NDA. She may have been better off writing a tell-all book. Yeah. You know, so there's a lot of different ways this could have gone, but maybe the first decision was the worst one. But again, I'm not judging. It's just a lot of unfortunate circumstances. Um One thing, one fun reality connection that I didn't know where to place in the story, so let's hear it now. Okay. Uh, She was a close contender, a final runner-up for a Bravo franchise of The Real Housewives, which you can imagine which one. Roni? Yes. Whoa. Guess guess who won. Make it happen. Guess which season. Freaking Tinsley. Was it Tinsley or Close. Later. Later? Yes. Leah beat her. And can I just say... As Roni is having this potential shakeup, consider Rachel Yucatel. Yeah, this is our this is our plea. Consider right? Rachel. We'll get the Rachel we needed on Celebrity Rehab. She will now be able to tell everything. She's had businesses. She's had lawsuits. She's she's perfect. She's yeah. forty six. She lives in New York. I demand Rachel be the next Roni cast member. In addition to some other people, let other people go. I don't care. Just I think this would be the perfect vehicle for her. Oh that oh man that would be so so good. Yes, please. But wait, there's make more. it happen. <gasps> so, she's dated a lot of celebs just from her club days, right? She was in that world. Derek Jeter, Brief, Stephen Dorff, Ryan Seacrest, but most notably, she had a relationship with a certain real housewives of Beverly Hills husband that I would like you to guess, Melissa. Is it Paul Nassif? Nope. Uh, but the um, first initial P P P P K. Yes. No. Okay, <laughs> I got another doozy quote for you. Um, this is like the mere mortal moment. Oh gosh. Of P K, Rachel states, he was a bottle service customer. Listen, he's got a great personality. He broke me down. <laughs> There's more. <laughs> he was just a friend for a year, and then I totally fell in love with him. I know it sounds crazy. I fell head over heels and couldn't get enough of him. I spoke with an accent, which is crazy. End quote. There's a lot to unpack here. First of all, the shade. She's just like, I know. Great personality. Yeah. I know it's crazy that I liked him. Also, Dorit speaks with a fake accent. Like, she does. What is in the Kool-Aid of PK that makes these women like fake accent? It's so weird. They I dated. I can't. They I were can't. in love, Rebecca. They were in love. And all I can think of is she gets on Roni. Dorit's reaction. Mm-hmm. Now I need this to happen. Okay, this was just this was it. This was how we get her on here. <laughs> yeah. But oh my gosh, I I was rooting for her until PK. Until PK. 
Wow. So you were really with her right until the end. Not I mean- really, but there were moments. <laughs> I, I I always want people to uh, have a redemption. I always want to come back. Me too. I love it so much. So I don't think your past determines your future, you know, entirely. I think you can um, redeem yourself and, and you can move on from things and admit your mistakes and all that. So I want that for people. But PK, you lost me. Mm-mm. Nope. You lost nope. me at PK. Mm-hmm. That's a great. Um, you lost me a great at PK. Mantra to live by. Yeah, I I just think this story, like so many, isn't straightforward, black and white. Right. Um, there's a lot of ways to look at it. It'd be very easy to be cruel to her and to mm-hmm. judge her. Uh, but it's not easy either to take the other route of like complete like women supporting women. Like she right. she has some personal responsibility to to take. But how for how long does she right. have to pay for a mistake? Right. But that's how a lot of it is. Nothing's really that black and white. Everybody is responsible for their own parts and things. He has responsibilities. Yeah. She does as well. But it yeah. is sad because with his work, he just picks up a golf club and people love him again. With her, what work can she really get? It's these people who have been in, like, Tanya Harding, somebody like that. That's all you're known for. And you can tell them to get an honest job, quote, unquote. You can tell them to do all this stuff. But nobody's hiring them. Nobody wants them. They're tainted. And, you know, what do you do? So, Exactly. You didn't – I mean, Tiger lost a couple of endorsements and so many other brands stepped up and were like, we don't care what you do yeah, in the bedroom, basically. Like, yeah. you wear Adidas, we're cool with it. Can't remember if Adidas is one that dropped him or not. But, like, it was worth it to them for them to still have Tiger rep them. So he had consequences, but not nearly as many. And I, I just do think that is, unfortunately, that's like a power dynamic thing. Whoever's the more powerful person right. in the relationship. And it's often, it is a woman-man difference. It is yeah. gendered. So mm-hmm. it's a tough one. But, um... Crazy story. Yeah. Two NDAs just gone completely mad. And I don't know. She's in New York. Maybe I'll bump into her someday. Um, maybe we'll see her on the TV screen. But yeah, yeah that's get the story Roni. of. Yeah, let's get her on Roni. Let's let's all rally together, listeners, and make this happen. Um, but that's Rachel Yucatel spilling the tea. <laughs> nice. I like it. Great job. That was very interesting. I had a very small um, understanding of her. When I sent you that article, I didn't even read it because I thought if you're going to do this, I don't want to know anything that's going to happen. But man, you lose me at cereal and cartoons. I've just everything it's, I've ever thought has just changed. I mean, the truth is, yeah, Tiger does have to live with the fact that we all now know that, which has yeah, got to be rough. But um, I hey. know. Still Tiger Woods, um, still has $800 million. He's fine. Yeah, he can cry into his cash wads. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that article is like the LA Times one that all the women on Beverly Hills didn't read because it was right. so long. Too long. It, it, it was very long. Like I almost needed a lawyer to like help me break it down. So mm-hmm. I will put all the sources in the show notes, um, but it's a it's a complicated one, the legal stuff. Great job, um, Rebecca. Thanks. It was super fun. And I'm dying to know what all TV you were watching. I know you're only going to officially share one. So can I have some clues? Well, I wonder if you should do the first clues and then I'll change mine. Does that work? Because I feel like we have the same one and I have a backup one. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Um, Sorry, everyone. No break from my voice just yet. (laughs) Um, Okay. So my clues are going to be, I don't know how to, um, oh, this is so great actually, because they, they dovetail nicely to my episode. Okay, Hulu, which is our second okay. favorite H network. Yes. Um, Hulu, Upper West Side, True Crime Podcast. Yay! Only murders in the building. Woo-hoo. Right, so you're watching. Love it. I fi- Super I figured. obsessed. Mm-hmm. I, the way I've been describing it to people is I love it so much I'm mad. 
Yeah, does that yeah, make yeah. sense? Like I'm no, it so it's, I'm it's so good. I'm angry. Like why didn't I think about it? Why? Like I wanted to do this idea. I want to be in it. I want to be around it. I love Steve Martin so yes, much. He's so great. From my whole life, he's just been like the pinnacle of comedy. Selena Gomez, yes, please. Martin Short, who I don't actually care for, I think he is crushing Perfect. it. I, mm-hmm. I, I just could not love this more. Yeah. I think Martin Short, I like him as a person. Whenever I've read stuff about him, heard stuff about him, I really enjoy him. And he had a part on Arrested Development that I loved. Um, oh, my gosh, yeah. Yeah, he played the uncle that they have to, like, carry around and <laughs> yeah. stuff. And so he, I just, I think he's great in, in that. And in this, he's just nails it. Selena Gomez, Perfect. when I saw that, I was like, oh, I don't know. I don't know how I'm going to feel about that. Yeah. So great. And She's who great. was it that was telling me? Oh, my friend Stacy was saying, it's so nice to know that they have this friendship, but it's not going to turn awkward where Steve Martin's hitting on Selena Gomez. Like you feel like it's just this like, you know, Hardy Boys situation, you know, to quote the show, but yeah. that, that it's just yes. them like buddying up. Um, it's doing pure. This. Yes. There's yes. like a pureness to it. And yeah. like this unlikely charming trio right that, yes there's not going to be a romantic entanglement or there better not oh be God. this better not turn Please into a two story can't do this. but yeah no i love that too and just a little side note selena gomez um attended crowd solve in oh, 2020 yeah. in chicago which is a crime con event that i was at i didn't even know she was there until after the fact but she's like right. a hardcore true crime fan she just attended like an attendee with her mom yeah. like everybody else super under the radar so like I love that that's true for her real life. It just. Right. I forgot about that. Yeah. So it's just perfect casting. Yeah. I got my daughter to watch it with me, but I sold it to her because if it's something I really like, she's kind of like, "Mm, that's not great. We're at that age. So I'm like, Selena Gomez is in it. I don't mention Steve Martin. I don't mention Martin Short. I'm like, I can't tell you comedy icons are on this. So I'm like, well, Selena Gomez is on it. It's. I did the same thing with my 16 year old son and he's in genius right yeah and it is just I think it's a great show because it is appealing to so many different age groups and demographics I think people are going to really like bond and connect over the show it's it's hard to wait for the new episodes I know I know Um, but it is also something to look forward to it is yeah I'm so excited about it I'm I was worried that I would be disappointed but I absolutely love it same so that was my original one um that's why I wanted you to go first um so my other one yeah not happy with this um not happy no, don't oh. don't do this to yourself. So okay. Netflix, okay, bangs, not like people no, banging. Yeah. Okay, Kyle, I mean like <laughs> um, that. That's my visual representation. Is that's yeah. how people bang? Bumping um, uglies. Bumping uglies. Like I like to, to say. say. Mm-hmm. Um. So anyway, that uh, bangs, and I don't want to call it a mystery. I'll call it a mystery. It's Netflix. Bangs mystery? I mean, I'm... Oh, oh, let's say internet. Let's say internet. I don't know where the bangs would come in, but is it clickbait? It is. It's the blonde with the bangs. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I don't. I can't even think of her name. But we looked at the description of that to watch and we decided not to. No. Good idea. I'm feeling good about that. Yeah, you should feel very good. So it's this um, guy, this guy a family man <laughs> who is uh kidnapped and there's this video that's like once we hit five million views oh, he's yeah. going to be killed and like it says like i hurt women you know he's holding these signs saying these things so then it's right. like oh he has this whole life we didn't know about 
just let me guess it's not true no of course not it's terrible and i don't even care that that's a spoiler that's how much i don't want other people to watch it i hated it it i i it you don't have anyone to root for everyone is so unlikable the bangs is the least likable and i think she's like the protagonist but like i'm like i don't her name Bangs McGee, I refuse to even look into it. <laughs> right, I just not don't want to see we're her in anything. We're not doing it. Yeah, Save it, yourselves. People. I know, but it was seven parts, so I watched all of them because I'm going to finish it, Rebecca. I need to see what happens. I, and it, yeah, well, I watched a couple, and it was like, okay, this is kind of an okay premise. I can look past how annoying everybody is, but then I'm like, I don't like any of you people. I am really hoping for terrible things for all of you. I hope at the end <laughs> everyone is destroyed. <laughs> So you know it's not a good show whenever you're like hoping something real bad happens at the end. And there's kids involved. I don't want to root for kids getting hurt, but I don't like the kids either. I didn't this like anybody. Is a whole side of you I am enjoying. I'm sorry it took what it took for you to get here. Um I'm sorry that you have this ability like need to finish stuff. I'm fine with abandoning. I don't, I just thought it's going to get better. I want to see what happens. And even the last yeah. episode, it comes out of nowhere. The, the the way it ends up, you're just like, shut up. And I think they stole the ending from Tall Hot Blonde. Remember the documentary, Tall, Mm-mm. T-A-L? Oh, it's like this guy who falls in love with this girl, but it's, I can't, I actually don't want to give that away because you actually should see oh, that. Oh, okay, cool. But it's a fascinating idea. But I think at the end they were like, mm, who did this? Let's just pull a page from that book. I'm so oh, mad, geez. Rebecca. Yeah, I can tell. <laughs> I'm sweating. Ooh. Yeah, me too. <laughs> don't um, watch it. That is my final don't review. Watch don't it watch it. If you know it's good for you. Jeez. Um, really sorry. And I'm just still like <laughs> astounded that you stuck with it for that many episodes. I don't I'm telling you I was sick though. So it was like I had stuff you kind of weak. going in the background. I was so weak. <laughs> you were just like, I could turn it off. I was but... dehydrated. <laughs> One you time were maybe I just delirious. To it. Yeah. I don't even know if I watched it. <laughs> I didn't even want to finish it. I just wanted it to be gone from my continue watching queue. Just get it out of there. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Well, I will uh, make sure to keep moving next time like we did. I feel I feel confirmed. I feel affirmed in our decision. Feel very good about your decision. If you've watched Clickbait and like this, um, that's good. I'm happy for you. I'm sure. You're still welcome I here. I'd You're like to s- say. I don't. I mean, I can't speak for both of us, but I, don't I, know. I welcome I'm you. Just <laughs> Of course, you're so welcome. It just means I have bad taste in things. And everybody thinks that. I have terrible taste in music. You can know that about me. I'm okay with that. Um, It's what I'm known for. Okay, so would you like to know my clues for the next episode? I wouldn't. I sure hope you are more excited about it than you are this show. Uh, Yes, hit me with the clues. Okay, I'm excited. Now, here at Criminality, we do what we want. So this is reality TV adjacent. It is. Somebody is in reality TV, but like the story is fascinating. So just stick with me. So my clues are SNL, assistant, okay, mullet. My husband helped me with the last one. I was very excited. SNL assistant mullet. You know I don't know. I know. Do you think I know though? Like, will I know when I hear? You'll know who the person is for sure. Um, You might not know the story that I'm talking about. I didn't know the story and I like this person. So um, I learned it like last year. It's fascinating. Oh my gosh. I'm very excited. I love that SNL is involved because I feel like this is going to be your sweet spot. Thank you. Um, I can't wait. I don't know and I can't wait. Oh, I'm so excited. I like not knowing. Yay. Good. Well, that was fun. So fun. 
well, hey, let's do this again in two weeks and you can tell me that story. So excited. Until then, uh, you guys can watch us on YouTube. Subscribe to our channel at Criminality Show. Same handle for Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Yes. And make sure you leave reviews. We've gotten a few new reviews. They're so nice. I no. love reading the reviews. It makes my makes my whole day. So Me unless too. you watch clickbait, then, you know, I don't know that we trust that review. Okay, Melissa, we trust your review. Get me out of here, Rebecca. I'm Melissa doesn't want to hear aggressive. it. <laughs> <laughs> um, we will see everybody in two weeks. Thank you so much for listening. Bye, Melissa. Bye. Bye.